1: Hey, Future of Everything listeners. Today's episode is all about biometric security and the workplace. And we want to hear from you. Would you be willing to allow your company to use a fingerprint or a face scan to get into the office and do your work if it meant everything was a little more convenient? Why or why not? Let us know. Email us at foepodcast at wsj.com. Picture this start to a workday. You park your car walk into your office, take the elevator to your floor, sit down at your desk, open your email, and get to work. That might sound aggressively normal, boring even. But what I left out is all the layers of security that many office workers normally go through in their day-to-day lives. Let's take it from the top. Show your ID at the parking garage. Swipe a badge at Lobby Security. Swipe your badge again to get from the elevator to your desk. Type in your computer password. Log into your email. Your Slack. And so on. And then, finally, you can get on with your workday. Phew. Security in the workplace is all about making sure only the right people can get into physical buildings. Or preventing confidential corporate data from being stolen. But imagine not having to go through all those steps every single day, especially after a bad commute. It might just be how the future of workplace security will operate, thanks to biometrics. That's using your unique physical characteristics, your face, your eyes, your fingerprints, to access everything from your office building to your email. As
2: soon as you come through the front door, a camera will pick up your face and can immediately know that you are the right employee authorized to be within these facilities. That as soon as you arrive, you can say your name and then the door will automatically
1: open for you. Mohamed Lazuni has worked in biometrics for decades and currently is the chief technology officer at AWARE, a company that develops security systems to authenticate people's identities and make sure they are who they say they are.
2: At some point, the security is going to primarily fade into the background where you don't have to have it in uh, people's faces. You are not agonizing about it at every single step.
1: From the Wall Street Journal, this is the future of everything. I'm Danny Lewis. And in the future, instead of passwords or ID badges, your body could become the key to everything in your work life. But is the security and convenience of relying on biometrics a fair trade-off for the workers giving up very personal data to their employer? And might it ever go beyond fingerprints and face scans? Stick around. The key plot point in the 2002 sci-fi film Minority Report is the role of biometrics in almost every aspect of life. In this fictional future, eye scans have become keys to everything. Tom Cruise's character, John Anderton, scans his irises to access his highly secure workplace. And those same eye scans make him the target of extremely personal futuristic ads.
0: The road you're on, John Anderton, is the one less traveling
1: which becomes a threat once he's framed for murder and goes on the run. Good evening, John it's meant to be a creepy scene, but AWARE CEO Mohamed Lazuni actually calls it exciting. He says it showcases the potential for biometrics to make the world and the workplace more customized and comfortable
2: as it becomes easier to use with things like smart glasses. All you need to do is to just look into the reflection of that device that you are looking at, and it could read your iris and automatically give you all of the access that you need for whatever you need to interact with.
1: Minority Report depicts an extreme version of the technology. But iris scans are used to identify individuals in high-security situations, like border checkpoints. Or even in daily tasks, like banking or paying a subway fare. There's also fingerprints, of course, along with facial recognition and voice prints. The
2: vein structures under our skin are unique. The way we walk is unique to us. We have a large number of choices of biometrics that we can apply to different applications.
1: And after years of biometric advancements in smartphone sensors, your face is on its way to becoming your key and your digital login all in one.
3: It's so much easier to scan your face than having to type in this really long, complicated
1: password. Nicole Nguyen is a personal tech columnist for the Wall Street Journal. Part of her beat is security things like passwords, passkeys, and other ways you can protect your data. And that includes biometric security.
3: I went to Mobile World Congress in Barcelona last year, and they were offering a facial recognition express lane as an option this conference has thousands of attendees and it can take 30 minutes to get through security and ticket scanning I sent off my uh, passport scan to a company that is based in Hong Kong and on the day of the conference I walked in this express lane my face was scanned and there was a person on the other side of the gate who verified that the software recognized that I was who I said I was, and I just walked right on through the gate.
1: In recent years, tools like facial recognition have become more common in places like airports, stadiums, and concert venues. And Nicole says the next stop could be the workplace.
3: There are so many points of physical security that employers are thinking about when um, designing the layout of their office. You probably have to swipe a badge and badges can be handed off to someone else or they can be faked and uh, facial recognition if the technology is accurate and working can verify that you are actually the employee that you say you are.
1: The convenience is one thing, but biometrics can also provide much stronger security in protecting buildings and data than a keycard or a password. Ron DeGuro is the CEO of AuthID, which makes identity verification and digital security systems.
4: We can actually capture the liveness of your face and your eyes and your skin in the background to determine that's really you. We see your face, we know it's you. We have a log of your face. So we have exactly who's walking in and out of the building, which you can't do with a password. And all of a sudden now we can guarantee who's on the property. We can make sure that the workers are getting direct access to what they need with no friction and that everybody
1: is secure. And if a company is relying on fingerprint scans or real time selfies to grant access to its sensitive systems, identity theft scams could all of a sudden become a lot harder to pull off.
5: You know, face images, so liveness detection, iris scans, you know, vein scans, heart rate, everyone has a unique pulses and biorhythms that uniquely mark you as you and, and it can be used for sign in purposes.
1: Andrew Shikiar is an executive director of the FIDO Alliance which develops digital security standards. Some of its members, which include Apple, Google, Amazon, and Microsoft, are already introducing new security systems in their products that rely on users' biometrics to unlock them.
5: So it's more important than ever that enterprises understand that they will become, under increasing and more sophisticated attack from social engineers, leveraging AI tools to target employees or consumers as well who are still dependent on knowledge-based authentication.
1: The U.S. Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency says about 84% of people who receive a malicious email take the bait within the first 10 minutes of receiving it and potentially hand over passwords and give bad actors access to internal systems. Now that generative AI programs like ChatGPT are in play, Shikiar says it could get even worse. But that's where biometric scans could become a major deterrent against cyber attacks by preventing someone from logging in without a fingerprint or a face scan. No need to keep track of dozens of increasingly complicated passwords.
5: Biometrics really do unlock usability in a way that no other form of authentication has been able to do.
1: But biometric technology also means using some of your most personal and permanent data. It's one thing to use your face to unlock your phone, but lately, how facial recognition is used in more public places has been raising privacy concerns.
0: The very thing about biometrics that makes it attractive to companies is the thing that I'm also concerned about, right?
1: Haley Sukayama is associate director of legal activism at the Electronic Frontier Foundation, a nonprofit organization that advocates for civil liberties in the digital world.
0: No one can issue me new fingerprints. No one can issue me a new face. and so. If that information is hacked, for example, and in a format where other people can use it, like, that's the whole game.
1: So if biometric security becomes more common in the workplace, what does that trade-off mean for workers? And can the technology's benefits outweigh the privacy concerns and the uneasy feelings that things like facial recognition can spur? Stick around. The irony about biometrics is that the same factors that make them so good for securing offices and data are also what make them unsettling.
3: It felt creepy in the way that handing over location access on your device used to feel really invasive.
1: Wall Street Journal personal tech columnist Nicole Nguyen.
3: But... Now, I'm sort of fine letting 12 of my closest friends and family have access to my location at all times for security. And, you know, giving it to companies like Google in order to make Google Maps a, a, a better app to use.
1: But Nicole says we're not quite there yet when it comes to biometrics in the workplace.
3: We're, we're sort of in the early days of social conditioning for facial recognition. And then once. It is sort of widely accepted that your face is your ticket because you're already using it at baseball stadiums and concert venues and at the airport, then you may not even have a badge. You may just have your face and you might not have the choice to have a badge.
1: In some ways, that future is already here, including at AuthID, the biometric security company whose CEO we heard from earlier.
4: We don't have passwords in our organization. We open up the laptop, the camera turns on, we put our face in the window, and all of a sudden we're logged in.
1: Ron DeGuro says it's part of his company's commitment to and trust in the technology they're developing. But that means consenting to use biometric scans is a requirement to work at AuthID. In a statement, AuthID said biometrics ensures they always know who is behind the device and that consent is presented and captured during the employee enrollment process.
0: When it comes to biometrics, the thing that we want to make sure is that people know what's being collected. They know what purposes it's being used for and they can ask for it to stop if they become uncomfortable with it.
1: That's Haley Sukayama again from the Electronic Frontier Foundation. She says if biometrics are going to become a cornerstone of workplace security, there need to be guardrails. How is that information protected, for one? And how will they use employees' biometric data?
0: For example, we want to use your fingerprints to authenticate. We're not gonna like, sell them to anybody else. We don't want that to be used for discipline. Unless people know about it.
1: Another concern? Technology, just like people, is fallible.
0: Even the best technology makes mistakes. If there's someone who just happens to look a lot like me and for whatever reason, the software gets confused about who we are, we'd want to be sure that we have a way to say, like, well, it misidentified. Right. And to really, like, give workers the power to appeal.
1: AWARE CTO Mohamed Lazuni agrees that consent and guardrails are critical to earning workers' trust that their biometric data won't be misused.
2: There is no question that this needs to be a priority in terms of both data custodians on the side of the enterprise as well as the individuals who consent for that data to be used to be maniacally focused on ensuring that that data is used as it is intended to be used
1: He says making sure the technology is accurate has to be front and center for its future in the office.
2: We owe it to ourselves to do this the right way. You wanna make sure that if a number of these trained algorithms might have deficiencies around racial bias or gender bias that we have to very carefully guard against such things so they can never lead to abuse or misuse.
1: On the other hand, Andrew Shikiar of the FIDO Alliance says trust in biometrics will come naturally, like when smartphones integrated fingerprint scanners and facial recognition sensors.
5: They went from a novelty to a necessity.
1: Shikiar says companies don't need to actually store biometric data themselves because current technology can secure that information on the employee's physical device, say their laptop or their smartphone.
5: Why does my bank need my biometric? Why does this e-commerce site need to have a picture of my face? And the fact of the matter is they don't. You're doing it just to verify yourself to the device so that the the keys can can interact with one another.
1: In the near future, workplace security may look something like the scenario we laid out at the beginning of this episode. A bunch of different biometric data points collected by cameras and compiled by computers to turn a worker's body into their office badge. But if you ask AuthID CEO Ron DeGuro, he'd say that in the decades to come, The future of biometric security might become even more intertwined with your body.
4: It's absolutely the chip.
1: As in putting a chip inside your body that gives you up to the second data about everything from glucose levels to the effect of medications.
4: The number one use case for a chip is really to get the vitals of your of yourself. We've created all these external sensors on our bodies To be able to kind of do this thing to be more convenient, then I think the next evolution is to be able to just use it to interact with your digital environment or your physical environment.
1: Instead of a badge swipe in the lobby or even the iris scans from Minority Report, in this future, a sensor might simply scan your chip as you walk in the front door. Another might detect you arriving at your desk and unlock your email while bringing up your daily to-do calendar.
4: The success of biometrics relies on a successful, consistent platform of things that are available. The the world has adopted cameras. The world has adopted selfies. I love the chip idea, only in the sense that it will bring some absolute, absolute certainty. But again, you have to worry about the adoption for that in order for it to work.
1: Daguro thinks a chip that monitors your health from inside your body will pave the road for using those same biometrics and security systems. It might just take time to get people used to the idea. Even if making work life a little smoother and more secure means giving up just one more layer of privacy.
4: Nobody will put a chip in your body just for identity, but they'll put a chip in your body for knowledge or for health or to help live a better lifestyle. And then the convenience will be a fast follow.
1: The Future of Everything is a production of The Wall Street Journal. Stephanie Okenfritz is the editorial director of The Future of Everything. This episode was produced by me, Danny Lewis. Our fact checker is Aparna Nathan. Michael Laval and Jessica Fenton are our sound designers and wrote our theme music. Catherine Millsop is our supervising producer. Aisha Al-Muslim is our development producer. Scott Salloway and Chris Sinsley are the deputy editors. And Falana Patterson is the head of news audio for The Wall Street Journal. Like the show? Tell your friends. And leave us a five-star review on your favorite platform. Thanks for listening.